So good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. We are really excited today and, uh, you know, jumping on season eight, episode 192. My name is Rudy Shushani and I'll be your host for this episode. We go live every week, so make sure to tune in for the exciting topic. And today is not more exciting than before. We, today we have a social entrepreneur, uh, Mrs. Nazha Alawi, the CEO of Women Choice, she's a social innovator, global advocate for women economic empowerment, an author, and an amazing lady. I'd like to really welcome to this insightful interview with Nazha Alawi, a trailblazer in the realm of women empowerment. Nazha, unwavering dedication to advancing the rights and opportunities for women has generated her widespread recognition and admiration. Uh, as a visionary entrepreneur, advocate, and changemaker, Naza has embarked on a journey to dismantle gender barriers, challenging society and so social norms, and create more inclusive world for all. So in today's interview, we will dwell into Naza's inspiration, her remarkable achievement, because let me tell you something, it is an achievement, and her perspective on ongoing struggle for gender equality. Join us in welcoming and exploring this transformative power of women empowerment through the eyes of a true champion and change. Let me welcome you, Nazha, on this platform. Thank you, Rudy, for hosting me today, and um, hello to everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Nazha, for being part of this, for being part of DX Talks and joining us. Uh, Tell us about your journey, a little bit about yourself, how you became passionate about the women empowerment and entrepreneurship, leading to the certain creation of uh, the Women Choice and the Social Innovation Incubator. Thank you, Rudy. Well, social impact was uh, always something that was part of my DNA. As uh, a growing up uh, little girl, and my dream was to create social impact. So I was lucky enough to start my career at the United Nations uh, with a department that is multigender, the World Food Program. But um, as soon as I started going on uh, missions uh, all over Africa, I saw that women were the first one to be touched by poverty, but also women are always give back to their community. So uh, from that point, it was clear that helping women with their uh, economic development was going to become my life mission. And that was in 2011. So since then, it's been uh, a clear pursuit of uh, going on, on developing initiatives, working with governments, corporations, and brands who want to support this mission um, until the creation of uh, Women's Choice in New York in 2018. And uh, now I'm in Dubai to support uh, MENA region. Very, very interesting. And then, you know, you mentioned you work with a lot of uh, entities. Could you share some success stories or impactful projects that Women Choice and the Social Innovator Incubator has been involved in? Thank you. Well, uh, yes. I mean, for the past 13 years in um, pursuing the, this professional and social impact journey, uh, yes, we. I, I, I was lucky to work with the international uh, companies such as uh, Mastercard, Logitech, uh, uh, Veolia, Orange. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about other French ones, and then uh, in the U.S., but also here. 
So as much as my uh, journey in, in developing women's in, in economic empowerment is uh, beyond a decade, but the social innovation incubator focused in advancing women in MENA region is, is pretty young. It's only been six months, and we're lucky to have partners such as MasterCard, Dubai World Trade Centers, and other prominent uh, companies uh, here in the region. And um, for our one-year anniversary, which will be on uh, March 8, uh, uh, the day of the Women's International Day, we're also um, planning on having an AI-based platform part of our like women's uh, employment acceleration. Interesting. Uh, you have a significant media following. How has this platform helped you amplify your advocacy and engage with broader audience and knowing today the role of social media and how things have changed on that aspect? Yes. Well, definitely today social media is recognized as um, a leader in thought leadership, a leader in, in communication and uh, an advocacy. But definitely when I started... Uh, again, you know, 15 years ago, um, it, it, it wasn't a clear bet. But uh, for me, my passion for social media was was always to, to use it as a tool of communication to a broader audience. And I've been very consistent at doing it. Um, also very coherent in my messaging. So women's empowerment was my messaging since uh, 15 years and, and creating regular content featuring my personal life as a young mother, entrepreneur, social uh, innovator, and, uh, and also featuring my professional life with all the, the milestones, the preparation, the hard work, the, 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 the participation in, in international uh, initiatives. And that has grown me a community today of 2.7 million. And uh, today... With the Social Innovation Incubator, with Women Choice, uh, I am partnering also with these big corporations, also with governments, uh, wanting to partner with with us and with me because of the social media component as well. So um, yeah, I'm very proud that um, I took on that journey and that now it, it it pays off with that recognition. So it definitely pays off because that's the way it goes today. So yeah. as a founder. And a CEO of Women Choice, you aim to support the creation of one million jobs for women. You know, and this is not an easy number. Uh, you know, to 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 vote to to pledge for. Uh, so it's across the Middle East and North Africa, and this is why you are in the region now. And this is by 2028. How do you plan to achieve this ambitious goal? And what are your strategies on implementing to ensure its success? Sure. Well, it's definitely an ambitious goal, but uh, I'm, I'm a very positive, committed, driven uh, person, so I can take on that type of challenges. But I will tell you the how to do it and how to succeed it. It's all about partnerships, because it's not that I am going to create this one million jobs. The one million jobs are out there. The one million women are out there, and it's about identifying them, training them, and supporting them, connecting them to these employment uh, opportunities. But for that, you need to be the advocate for these women across big corporations uh, to, to sign uh, MOUs that are uh, going to take a pledge 
um, towards some KPIs of employing women. And uh, But at the same time, you also need to identify the women and, as I said earlier, to train them for them to, to, to fit these job opportunities. So it's That's capacity building on one end yeah. and uh, advocating for, for uh, a better work environment for women on, to, uh, uh, with the employers. Yeah, it's interesting how you approach it. It's on two ways. It's not directly hitting the job sector, but hitting the people that enable jobs for the talents that are already available there. Yes. Uh, interesting uh, strategy. And then all the best and luck. And of course, support. <laughs> whatever we can do, we Thank are also will try to talk about our small venture, hopefully. Uh, and then could you share some insight into the leadership programs that you're creating or the uh, upskilling and business development yeah. trainings that you are offering? How do these programs contribute to the women professional growth and empowerment and then make them the the future for the future you know ready for the future yes so so yes at, at SII the social innovation incubator we have three pillars an advocacy agenda that allows us to build the the, the landscape of partners the impact programs which is the one you're referring to and job readiness academies so on the impact programs we are we, we have three in the pipeline and we're launching one uh, on September 18th. Uh, where we're training uh, women social entrepreneurs to support them with capacity building, but also with the network, connecting them to a network of partners and uh, giving them some certification for them to, to get stronger in, in creating impact. Then we have another program coming up in January, which is uh, with, with the network of universities, supporting young women that are just getting into the workforce with, again, you know, preparing them, connecting them to job opportunities, but also making them um, mentee champions. You know, they will integrate these companies. So should they integrate it as an intern and then that's it? Should they or should we train them to become like champion interns that will after, you know, start their, their, their career with, with, with the growth. So that's what we're going to be doing. And the third one is to support female founders, women who already have companies, but they're struggling with funding, they're struggling with growth, and uh, we want to take them through a program for them to be able to employ more, um, to be more successful and employ eventually more uh, women um, as they grow. Yeah, that's that's something we identified also that women empowerment is not just about enabling or supporting just the women. It's about letting them have an internal uh, engine starts because they need that engine and then they need the funding and then they need the, all of the support that we can try to provide uh, to kick and then make them successful. And this is where gender equality and diversity are essentials for innovation and growth. And how can companies and organizations effectively foster an inclusive environment? This is where we need those organizations. And today, especially in the technology sector, because I my belief is the next, or we're already living it. But in the next few years, if the technology part is not integrated within the training curriculums and the leaders and the future women leaders, we're going to be having more problems because everything is moving towards technology. What's your take on this? 
Exactly, Rudy. I mean, you're speaking my words. I totally agree with you. I think that uh, it's an emergency for us to solve all these issues of gender equality. Uh, Since the early 2000s, there has been an awareness growth in terms of uh, gender equality. But now in 2023, at the, 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 the start of AI taking over all industries, we need to make sure that this gender equality issue is uh, solved, that we are putting women at the forefront of uh, AI programming, uh, coding, and, and also uh, within these companies and the, the industries. Otherwise, we, you know, all the efforts that have happened until now will just, again, you know, like disappear uh, to have another 20 years of uh of inequalities. So, but the, the the positive news that I would like to share with your audience is, I really see for having been working in this field where there was kind of like yes, we know that we have to do things, but there are no budgets. You know, this was the the, the talk ten years ago. Today, I'm really seeing governments and corporations aligning to the emergency of solving gender equality and sustainability. And all this is aligned with Agenda 2030 of the, of the United Nations. So, so our initiatives is also aligned to that. As you said, we talked about 2028, but really our goal is, uh, is to achieve the 100% of, of our KPI by 2030. Uh, exa- uh, beautiful and then you know and SDGs is something where uh, the world is really pushing towards because we are living more in a uh, how do you call it uh, division if we don't really reach that goal and this is where you work with diverse stakeholders, investors CEOs, head of diversion inclusions uh, what advice do you give those companies and individuals looking for creating meaningful partnerships? You mentioned, I think today we mentioned partnerships more than 10 times. Yes. In the field of the women empowerment. So how can we push more such uh, companies to create partnerships for this? Yes. So, yes. To, so to push them is, I think, something that is becoming clear in their strategy. But now it's about how to succeed it. Okay, because I've seen also a lot of failure happen in initiatives led by big companies. What are the the, the pinpoints, the problems that they can find? They have a lack of measurement tools. So after having spent a lot of money in an initiative, yes, they inspired uh, women to get stronger, but they cannot really measure the social impact that they did. And this is something with Women Choice that we offer in supporting companies. They take us as an external expert to implement their their strategy needs. So measuring tools, also to put clear KPIs, just as, you know, like in, in, in business. And for that, I'm seeing also a positive shift that is happening. The new role of chief sustainability officer is really taking on a more... Um, expert KPI-driven, financial-driven uh, role, like like a CFO, like a CEO or CEO. So, uh, so yes. So this chief sustainability officer uh, can be a great solution to to uh, creating more social uh, impact. 
And uh, the, the third one is just to stay consistent and to go beyond the, just the signature of big MOUs, handshaking, and then nothing happens uh, after. So for that, they need to take themselves accountable to, to make sure that uh, they're talking the talk, but also walking the walk. Uh, I like what you mentioned, talking the talk and then walking the walk, because we see this and we know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And in your experience, what role do mentorship and role model play in encouraging more women to pursue careers in technology and entrepreneurship and then following your lead and then talking the talk and walking the walk? Yes, well, mentorship is important because every time you speak to a successful person in the world, they will identify a moment where they've been triggered by uh, some, some mentorship speech. Whether they were at a conference, they heard something, they met someone. Sometimes, you know, like it's really a five-minute interaction that can trigger a lot in them. And sometimes it's, it's a mentor that has been in their life for a long time, always supporting them. And, um, and I think that today, um, so at my generation, a lot of women that have been empowered uh, say that they have been mentored by a man in their life okay in their professional life or so on and now the change is that we need women to empower other women because we had a generation of women that have grown within corporations and have been successful and they need to um they, they need to to hold the hands of the younger generations and a funny story that i will refer to um it's the story of a, a MasterCard EVP who actually has been introduced to me by someone, by a man that has said that she was a mentor in his life. And, uh, and so, so, so yeah, so it's, it's just beautiful. And also for men to understand that this, this, this whole diversity and inclusion topic, it's not like a women for women thing. Okay. It's not it's, a division. Exactly. It's not a division. You know, it's not a division. It's just putting at the mentorship level equally men and women to be able to help the, the next generation. And that's where I totally believe and we need more women to inspire more women because I think this is the only way forward. Uh, once they see other women successful, other women walking that walk, uh, this is where they start getting inspired and hopefully, you know, try to reach more uh, and this brings us into, we're launching our second uh, She Innovates Top 25 Women in Fintech and Blockchain and AI uh, in DX Talks. And then we're happy for us to join together and hopefully achieve this for 2023. I don't know if you have any words before I go and start asking you our last question before we... Uh, no, I'm, I'm good and I'm totally aligned with you, Rudy. I think uh, uh, we're, we're, as women choice, we're very happy to be taking part in uh, that event and, and to partner to actually highlight uh, more top women in, in fintech, AI, and uh, blockchain. So um, I, I let you continue. That's the future. That's the future, I think, of, of the technologies and hopefully we can try to also position more women on the leaders on the leadership front so that they can inspire more women. Uh, before I ask you our last question, how can people reach your social media? 
Well, uh, that, that's, that's a very easy one because uh, I am managing my account. I'm making sure to be very reachable. Uh, so you find me with my name, Nezhalawi, on, uh, on LinkedIn. But if you also tap Nezhalawi on Instagram, you will find me under Meshad Women. Uh, Meshad Women is a name that I chose uh, when I started my account because it's from Meshad is from the first syllabus of the names of my daughters, Meisun and Chedin. But if you type Nezalawi, you will find me and recognize me as Meshad woman. Great. And last but not least, what advice would you give those young women aspiring to make a difference, either in the tech industry or promoting gender equality or empowerment? What okay, so what I would advise them is definitely to to get vocal about their dream, about their ambitions, to reach out to to mentors and, and social media, we said it is an amazing tool for that. Uh, all the, the top leaders are on LinkedIn, they are they have a voice on, on social media and don't get impressed thinking, oh my god, they have millions, so what is my message compared to the millions? of messages that they receive every day, but not like the true leaders are really behind every single details of, of messages and they stay very close uh, to, to their community. So uh, I would like to thank you, uh, Nazha. Uh, thank you for being our guest today and sharing your insights. Big thanks to our viewers for tuning in. You can watch this recording on, on this episode or on YouTube or on our podcast video channels, or browse other episodes. Until next time, I'd like to thank you. Stay tuned. Thank, thank you, you so much, Rudy. Thank you.